Welcome back to the Mailin Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the one and only, Sally DeFreeze. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Sally. How are you doing today? Mm. I sound like I have a frog in my throat. Ribbit. Which has been like sick for weeks. Mm. So I I don't know if it's allergies. I don't know if I have a sinus infection now. I see. This is the first year that uh, they say it takes a couple years for... We talked about this last podcast. We, yeah. It takes a couple years. I'm I'm in. I'm in the thick of it. I'm actually on the way out now. I feel much better than I did the last two weeks probably. I did something yesterday that I just did not think was necessary but felt like I owed it to other people I've been around. Okay. And I COVID tested. Whoa. It was negative. I like knew it. I know it's not COVID. It's just a sinus infection now, I think. Stay positive, test negative. Yeah. Stay home if you sit. I, I, I feel like I keep waiting for it to clear up and it just doesn't. And my mm-hmm. voice is so nasally. So I apologize to everyone at home who has to listen to me. Because it's not like sexy horse voice where you get a little horse oh i see yeah sexy this is like super nasally mm-hmm. it's gross out. nasally congested voice yes yeah, we had a discussion with your husband uh yesterday in the office basically wondering like where does where does snot come from like how does your body create that much mucus that comes out of your nose and why and we just didn't know so would you like to woman or sure. i was gonna say medical explain um, to us so you you initially create mucus in your nasal pharynx and your oropharynx, mm. which is your nose, mouth, throat, to moisten the air that you're breathing into your lungs. Mm. Because if we didn't have the little nose hairs that exist in our nose and mucus around, then when we breathed in air into our lungs, it would be totally dry, dry out our lungs. That's not a good thing. No, okay? doesn't sound good. But- there is a time when those mucus secretin cells become overactive because of things like allergies. So what they're reacting to is basically like foreign body invaders, mm. which is like allergens or, you know, um, anytime you inhale something that's not good for you, pollutants, et cetera. Weed. And so all of those cells react differently to different, you know, pathogens. Mm-hmm. Um and so when your allergies are acting up, it's really just an immune response to your own body inhaling the allergens then reacting to it like it's a virus or something like that, even though sure. it's not. It's it's just an allergen. Mm-hmm. And then they overproduce what they should be doing. And then it gets stuck. So like right now, this is mm-hmm. really gross, but like, you know, when you... Now I'm not at the stage where I'm having a runny nose. Now I can just feel that I have oh, yeah, a bunch of it. It's like yep. stuck. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. now all that's dried out. It's Eef. not, or it's not like wet enough for me to just be draining. Mm-hmm. Isn't that it's lovely? Treat? Yeah, that's what you did here on the Mailin Podcast. But that's why when you're, you know, if you're blowing your nose and it's clear, most of the time that's pretty normal. That's normal response to allergies, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's. If you're blowing your nose and it's yellow or green, Yum. that is a sign that you're sick mm-hmm. and um, one that you may may need to get on antibiotics. You may have some sort of infection, although you shouldn't just willy-nilly get on antibiotics. Sure, because it can but make it stronger, right? I've said this before on this podcast. I um, had a friend who was an ENT in Houston, and he was very adamant that every person, especially if you live somewhere with bad allergies, and I say this because I haven't done this in like a year, is that you should be neti potting daily. Whoa. 
because it's just basically washing out all your... of the allergens and shit that's in your nose out of the way. Interesting. Um, and then he also said that if you start getting sick, so you start blowing yellow snot, that you should be neti potting with a little a neti pot with just a dollop of Johnson Johnson baby shampoo. Because his argument was that if you are, say you got dirt on your arm and you wash it off with water, that's not mm -hmm. going to do it. If you wash it off with soap, that's going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of mild, mild baby shampoo, do not use anything else, um, will help actually wash those allergens, pathogens, et cetera, off of your nasal cavity. Interesting. And then he also did a lot of research about <clears throat> neti potting with probiotics to keep your, you know, like microbiome in your nose well, because that's what's protecting you from like all of this other allergy shit. That's so cool. Yeah. I have never neti potted in my life. So let me, I'm, I'm about to hop on that. Really, if you, if you live in Austin and any place where you have bad allergies, you should be doing it. It's easy to do in the shower. Always do it with warm water. Always do it with like sterile water or oh, yeah, still water. Say, like, don't just fill up the thing do with the shower water. Do not get straight from your faucet because that's, you're going to try to get a brain amoeba. That's not Ew. a good thing. You can use your faucet water if you boil it first and then let oh, it cool yeah. down. But don't do it with boiling water, obviously. Um, <laughs> really clear that shit out. And then obviously with a uh, saline packet, if you decide to do with the Johnson Johnson soap, it's like a dime-sized dollop. And you do one neti pot with that first. And then you do a regular neti pot with just saline afterwards to clear it out. Look at that. And now I'm like going to go home and do it myself because I can just feel all this crap. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it too. I love – I like it, if it feels like I imagine it feels – it's like when you you jet out that your ear stuff. Yeah, or your, uh, I'm all in. Do it. It's it's really easy to do in the shower because if it's already warm, it's already a warm environment. Either like humidity and the moisture is helping kind of open your passageways, mm -hmm. and then you don't have to like. It's kind of messy, so you sure. do have to be over a sink or like in a shower. <laughs> we are the Mail-In Podcast. Yeah, where do you get all of your neti pot and sinus cavity uh, information? Yeah, um, among other things, Sally. Maybe get a laugh and walk away with something useful. I walked away with something useful today. I'm going to go home and neti pot the fuck out of my nasal yeah. cavity. I can't wait. Yeah. Please tell a friend about the podcast. Maybe send it to somebody who needs that. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number, 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at mailinpodcast. Hit up the new store, washmedia.shop. Uh, more things coming there. Keep an eye out and hit up the new YouTube to watch us and see our beautiful faces. Excuse me, youtube.com slash mail in podcast. Sally, are you ready? I am ready because this the first question was on last week's rundown. We didn't get it too much time. So. so that's why I wanted to add it here. Here we go. Hey, guys. I am in a bit of a pickle here. Last week, I found out that my best friend from back home's wedding is on the same day as one of my best friend from college, college's wedding. As it stands, they're on the same day next year on opposite sides of the country, and I've been announced to be the best man for both, both weddings. Friend from college says his venue is locked in with security deposit paid. Friend from back home says they're still searching for the venue, but they have no intention of changing their date. I have no idea what to do here. The way I see it is friend from back home wins as we've been best friends ever since we've been alive. 
would like to hear some advice on how to go about this. Would it be too insulting to ask a friend from college if they have any flexibility to move their date if I were to reimburse their deposit at the venue? I can't bear to imagine missing either one of their, uh, of their weddings. I can see how it would be out of line to ask a couple to change their wedding date, but if I'm selected to be best man, shouldn't they want me there enough to be willing to make some sort of accommodations? I will shut up and listen. Don't do that. This is a tough one. <laughs> Don't do that. Um. Okay. I like. I haven't been in this exact situation, but we, you know, especially when your friends are all getting married, like in your mid twenties. Yeah, we've done mid similar. Twenties. But this is another level of. You of have similar. some situations where people are doing stuff on the same day. Mm-hmm. I'm specifically thinking of. I, um, in my mid twenties, one of my friends got married and his pledge brother, they got engaged and then picked the same wedding day. And literally he just called him and was like, you got to move it. We have too much overlap. I'm not going to make people choose between ours. Oh, that's yeah, that is. And you need to, you got to move it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these two people knew each other. Right. Right. This is, yeah. They're like, they probably wouldn't attend each other's weddings Mm -hmm. or maybe they would. I think they did, but they're like, you know, not in the wedding or anything. Yeah. The issue here is that you got friend from home and you got friend from college. You're the, their best friends. I'm assuming at some point they've probably met friend from home and friend from college. Okay. I'm just going to guess that because normally you, your friends from home come visit you at college. Your friends yeah. from college come visit you at home. I'd say fair assumption. I, 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 let me see where you're going with this first. If they've met, mm-hmm. you got to get them in a chat together. Mm. You and the other two dudes, okay? Okay. And just try to work it out. I do, I do think, personally, I think my allegiance lies with the person who got engaged first. Okay, so it's not. It's less about who the friend is. It's more about the timing. The timing. Okay, that's, I think that's, that's a fair. Easy way to look at it. It sounds like he his allegiance is lying with the friend from home because mm. they've been friends since they were born, which again I think is a good barometer. Yes, but there's a couple different ways to look at this. One, you can go with who got engaged first slash who made the decision first, and I think if the friend from college is already like picked a venue and has a deposit down, like. That's the one he wants to ask to move if right. he reimburses the deposit. To me, they've already made the decisions. Like that. they, I. That's tough. I I think if if they've already like put down money and stuff, likely. And now we have we're answering this a week late, so who knows how much has happened since then? Mm-hmm. But like, likely, um, they've already started to like get other people for that date. Vendors are involved, right? Right. It's, it's not just the vendor. the friend from home. If they're not. If they haven't picked a, a place yet, they likely haven't done other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, so I think it's personally easier to ask the friend from home to move theirs and be like, I really want to be at both of yours. Like, you're both really important to me. Mm-hmm. My loyalty lies with you. But like, if you can talk to, because here's the thing, it all comes down to the bride. Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> it's not It's not either of your friend's decision. It's their fiance's. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's any way she'll move it, like even a week. But, okay, so all that said, okay, number two, maybe the date is special to either of them, and right. it's immovable. Mm-hmm. Then then I think the scale swings that way towards the person who has, like, 
they're trying to get married on their grandparents' anniversary or some shit. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. But all of it is you got to talk to the the fiancés. You got to talk to the brides. Oh, okay. Because they're the ones making the decisions. Your buddies like are there and they can talk to their fiance, but like they're not they're not <laughs> making decisions. The girl is making the decisions. So like if you really need someone to move, I think that you text each of the fiancés separately, be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I think, you know, maybe Tyler told you the deal like I'm also in my friend James's wedding." And I want to be there for both of y'all, but like, is there any leeway here so that I could make both? Yeah, I think that's that's what you have to do to the communicate with the fiancés, communicate with the grooms, and like maybe there's a maybe there's a both here on the weekend where it's like as long as you get the best man duties out of the way at the rehearsal dinner on Friday, and the best man duties at the altar on Saturday, like is there something that you can do there? And then you're talking cross country flight, and it'll be a whole rom com situation. Yeah, I but did. I did have that thought too. Maybe if they don't move, you go for. <laughs> that's what I would try to do in the situation. Like me being the anti confrontational guy, I'd be like, I'm going to make both work. I'm going to do both. I'm somehow going to make it work. And here we go. It wouldn't like it would. <laughs> You'd have to take like a red eye. Yeah, which would be fine. I would do it. I'd be like, I'm all in. I've I've driven. 20 hours overnight to go to a wedding yeah i've got i've done i just think logistically that's really tough if they're really on opposite ends of the country like for you to be present at the rehearsal dinner and then make it to the wedding the next day like likely you're not doing that there you'd have to be on a very specific flight oh yeah you'd have to be on like the 11 p.m red eye from san francisco land in new york at 6 30 in the morning then make it to the hudson valley venue by but like okay okay but that's if you're on an 11 p.m. flight, mm-hmm. you're getting to the airport at nine. You're not. You're not at the rehearsal dinner for more than like 20 minutes. I. I. There. There. I don't know. I would. This is what I. This would is do why that. this doesn't work. <laughs> yes, you can do it that way. I think that that's not feasible, and that puts a lot of undue stress on you to like be halfway present at mm-hmm. two weddings Fair. instead of fully present at one. Fair. I think what you need personally, I think the the friend from home. Who hasn't picked a venue has a more movable date. Yeah. If you haven't picked a venue, then yeah, your date should be more movable unless it's pop ups, you know. But the, here's the thing you you have to appeal to the, the bride. The, bride. the groom is, I, I'm, a, I'm making an assumption here. He's, he's like, oh, if we get married the next Saturday, I don't care. Yeah. So that's where it's Because where it the comes bride likely picked it out with her mom and there's like they have this dream of whatever weekend mm-hmm. and maybe it's in the fall and like Texas plays football every other week except for that bye week and there's sure. a whole thing. So you gotta appeal to the bride. I think you talk to each bride and see if there's any movement. If you I don't think it's rude to offer like I will pay your deposit for the venue if you move it. Oh, I do. I think it's rude to to ask somebody to move a like venue locked in. I I wouldn't do that. I I just I would lay, hey yours that's immovable to me. Yeah, I mean I I think if you want to say like I'm really trying to make both these work, is there any way that you would move? I will like cover whatever costs. That's fair. Instead of being like I'll do like in, instead of leading with that, kind of ending with that. Is, but is I do fair. think. I do think you go to the friend from home first who hasn't locked anything in yet. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
just, and then if that's if the if they're on the same day and that's the case, you try to go to ba- both bachelor parties. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal, though. This kind of made me sad when I was reading it because people, I don't know how old this guy is. Mm-hmm. People who get married turn into crazy people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it likely is going to affect his friendship with one of these dudes for like if he doesn't attend the wedding for sure. a little bit. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that like obviously he has a really good excuse. But I've just watched too many things unfold where people are like, "Oh, they didn't come to my wedding." It's like, "Okay, really? We don't need to care about that. People have lives and like your wedding isn't the be all end all of everything, okay?" But I'm just saying there are certain times when you're immature when you're in your mid 20s where you think like your wedding is the like the only thing that exists on the planet and no one else has a life and like it's really upsetting when shit like this happens so mm-hmm. i'm just saying be prepared if you have to choose one or the other for like maybe the bride of your friend from college to like hold it against you for probably years <laughs> yeah i could see that but and it's that's shitty i mean that's mm-hmm. shitty it yeah. is like i think i've missed people's weddings because I was in school or like missed their, you know, bachelorette party or missed like the rehearsal dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people will get weird about stuff like that. Totally. And if you're getting married or you're engaged, please have empathy for your friends and realize that like not everything is about you. And it fe- and it, it feels like it is and it's important, but it's not all about you. Agreed. You know what is all about you though? What? Your morning routine, Sally. Yeah. You know what can make your morning routine even better? I'm going to guess athletic greens. Mixing in some AG1. Our friends over at, at, at Athletic Greens, excuse me, are the absolute best. I am all in on my morning routine, especially this week after uh, uh, quite a long weekend of uh, imbibing, if you will. Yeah. Spooky Monster Bash. Uh, you attended, Sally. It was a great time. Randy was there as well. Good time, needed some athletic greens in the next couple of days to make up for uh, eating our weight in cheese-based dips and appetizers. So I think that's what we're doing this week. Yeah. All in on athletic greens. What is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, like we mentioned before, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of the things. AG1 every morning. One scoop, glass of water, mix it up, down the hatch. Bada bang, bada boom. I've been doing warm water too. It does mix a little bit better in warm water. Which is a little bit better. And I think warm water is, I, I don't know where I read it, is like easier in the morning for your body to be like, okay, here we go. That is true. So that's what I'm doing. I'm it's, doing warm water. It's good water. to drink liquids at your body temperature. Is it? Yeah. Not at your body temperature, but warmer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm learning so much this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it tastes good too. You know, I, like, I mean, it doesn't taste like a cotton candy milkshake, but it tastes like, it tastes I'd say- a little bit tropical to Tropical me. pineapple bubblegum sort of flavor to me. Mm-hmm. Very easy to get down, uh, and you have no problem doing it at all. It's lifestyle friendly, by the way. Whether you eat Kaleo or Kaleo, isn't that a band? Kaleo, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free. AG One is right for you. It's a, it's a micro habit. 
with big benefits. One thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself and your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight, Sally. Here's the deal. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need to take a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel pouch with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mail-in. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash mail-in to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How about a voicemail, Sal? Yeah. Hey, Sal, gal. I have a question. Um, I just got my nails done, ran some errands, and why does it feel so much better and more productive than a whole last day at work? I mean, I don't even hate my job, but, like, I just feel so much better about myself than I do even when I, like, leave work for the day, and I just don't get it. Okay, bye. I love this question. I mean... Why do productive errand days feel so much more productive than work days? Because you're doing it for you and not for somebody else. Mm. Okay. Um, I have a whole errand day ahead of me. Really? What do you got? What do you got? I'm like really not actually looking forward to it. I like kind of want to go home. (laughs) I used to like really enjoy running errands and now Mm -hmm. I'm like, like what I need to do today and I'm going to probably cross like Three of the seven things off my list. Okay. okay. We're getting somewhere. I got to – I have to go get a pedicure because I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Oh, nice. Must, must happen. Uh, I need to go to the grocery store. Also must happen because I can't leave my son and nanny at home for the weekend without food. It's uh, <laughs> true. I have to go by my sister and my friend's house to pick up a, – a, a, find a dress to wear to this wedding. Nice. So those so are three that are absolutely going to happen today. Sure. Because they're they must happen. Do you have what? Do you have a sister that you like? You're going to first because she's got the the stash, and then you're like, the other one's the backup plan. I have a dress in mind that a friend has. Oh, okay. But I also know Emily's closet likely has something in it that I would also wear. Nice. Okay. Shouts to Emily. Then I have been <laughs> I've been driving around for like a month now with my tire pressure gauge light off. Oh, that's easy though. That's just that's just. No, they just have to like fix it because the thing is it keeps saying low tire pressure, but like all of the tires say 25 PSI. That's that is low. Well, it's low, but they're all like low together. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. And they like fluctuate with the temperature. Right, 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 right. With a change in pressure. So like they just need to be fixed. Okay. I'm probably not going to do that (laughs) because I have an appointment for the service for my car in like two weeks. So I'm probably just going to like deal with it then. Got it. Okay. Uh, I also absolutely need to clean my car out. Mm-hmm. Probably that's, not happening today either. Yeah, that's that's one for me too. I I just keep putting the detail back further. I'll, I'm going all out. I'm going all like I need a four hour detail done. Well, I'm not going to detail my own car, but I need to clean it out before I get it detailed. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. What you're um, and then just like other random ass errands, like I really yeah. probably need to find a, a an outfit for Fritz to wear for picture day on Friday. Mm. Probably won't do that. Probably he'll just wear a white t-shirt and some jeans. Nice. You got a lot going. But like what? what's the overriding concern for me right now is like I just want to go home and nap. So mm. like I probably will do that at some point. 
So you got to knock out a few, hit the nap, and then and then that's a day. That's for, the whole day. You're good. But the reason that errands feel cuz like okay, yesterday at work for me and now I don't like check things off of a to-do list at work, you know, no, I right. just am assigned what I'm doing. But I did like multiple cases. It was a super busy day. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of it, I'm like, okay, that was like a pretty productive work day on my front. Like I was, I did like five cases, which is a lot. But the reason it doesn't feel productive is because you're doing it for your job, not for shit you want to do. Sure. So like it does feel good. I And like, like I said, I don't have to do specific tasks at work. Unless it's like randomly like doing sexual harassment training or whatever that the company requires. But like I don't have to like – I don't have projects I have to do. Stuff like y'all did. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know y'all completed a big project yesterday. The last two days have been – Right. So that probably yeah. felt really productive yes. at the end where you're like, that's done. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But I mean I still remember that feeling from school and stuff where you're yeah. like, oh, I got to write this paper and I need to study and I need to do this. It feels better to do stuff that you're crossing off your own to-do list. Yeah. Than it does to like do stuff you have to do. Not that errands you have to do too, mm-hmm. but like there's a different relief when yeah. like you you submit a big work project like we did. There's like okay, who like work relief, and yeah. then like okay, I, I I did some I was productive today, but then there's like the the errand or like you did a, you know a What's day the where the errand you, you that's like most satisfying for you that like when you complete it you're like that was I'm so glad that's done like I'm proud of myself. I lo- I love grocery shopping. So uh-huh. if I did, if I get like a really good grocery run in, come in like under budget or something like, I'm like, fuck yeah, I nailed that. Or, or car stuff. Yeah. Like get the registration done, get the oh, check yeah. engine light taken care yeah, of. Yeah, that feels good. Get, I got a ding in my car now that I got to di- get to, but like that's going to feel really good to get that you stuff done. You know what? Done. Really stupid mundane errand. I like, I hate running, but when it's over, I'm okay. like, good job. I'm so proud of you. Hit me. Online shopping returns. Oh, that is you. I've never returned anything in my life. That's such a. I actually, that's another that's errand a, I have to run today. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, that's like one of those because it's like sitting in your house, then it's sitting in your car, mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. I have two weeks to do this. Like, I gotta, I gotta take it. And when I roll up to UPS and just like stick that label on or have them scan it, it's finally just, out. It's out of your mm-hmm. life. You're like. Hell yeah. Shipping is a good one because that is always like it sits in your car and you're like, oh, I'll do it today. Yeah. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, there's a line. I'll do it the next day. Yeah. And then when it's finally done, you don't have to be, have like the back of your head. I don't yeah. have to ship this freaking thing in my car. Right. Oh, that's a that's a great feeling. Yeah. That's a really good I don't. One. I hate the errand itself, but the feeling afterwards is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that reminds me. Yeah. I got to run that errand too. I got to go nice. return some shoes. Damn. Yeah, those are those are all really good ones. Randy, do you have a favorite errand? Maybe a home no. Home Depot run for me. Uh-huh. Gets the dad senses tingling a little bit. Yeah, I get something really good done at Home Depot and figure that out, or like putting your Christmas decorations up, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Where I'm like, I know how to do it, which I'm not going to do till after Thanksgiving. By the way, decided. I'm trying to do mine before Thanksgiving and Will's. Maybe I'll do the weekend before because I'm going to be gone for Thanksgiving. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, productive days feel like really good to knock out. Especially, Especially when you're like traveling all over town. You're just like going yes, back and forth back around. Boop, or boop, you boop, like boop. think about it in your head. You're like, okay. Like the, I did this last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I like voted 
And then I did another errand. I like kind of made a circle nice. around the town before I went and picked Fritz up from school. Mm-hmm. That felt like a big accomplishment because you're also like putting the puzzle piece together of like, okay, I have these four things I need to do and it makes sense if I do it in this order because then I will hit everything. When you knock it out just right, you feel like Superman. Yeah. That's like Merriman Spooky Monster Bash prep. Hit Target, mm-hmm. hit uh, two different HEBs, hit Whole Foods. And like when I was done with that, when I had the car like, Fucking loaded in the back, just ready yeah. to go home and set up. I, I felt pretty good about myself. Yeah. Pretty good. Next one, Sal? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Uh, I went to a wedding this past weekend. Shouts. The venue and the setting were gorgeous. However, the speeches dragged on far too long, and they absolutely fumbled the seat assignments. Do you have any tips for throwing a fun wedding reception or stories about fumbled wedding reception? I was actually talking to my sister about speeches this weekend. Mm. Um, in Texas, and I, I don't know if this is like specific to te- – I don't think it's specific to Texas, but I do think it's like more common down south. Yeah. People make speeches at the rehearsal dinner. I, I, I wonder if it's almost a newer generation thing. Yeah. Because it, you used to feel like speeches were done at the wedding reception themselves. And I think – the father of the groom or father of the bride still Yeah, does the father one. of the bride usually still talks. Mm-hmm. And usually the groom talks. Yes. But and, then in... the, and the, some a lot of weddings I've been to, I would say about half, sometimes the best man, maid of honor, make their speech at the wedding versus the rehearsal yeah, dinner. Yeah, that's fair. But most of the talking is done at the rehearsal dinner, in my experience. Okay. It, like more than half, I should say. Here's the issue. Um. First of all, when you have a big wedding party, which is also common in the South, mm-hmm. and I'm talking like more than five people, sure. people feel the need to speak, and really, they shouldn't. Okay, <laughs> I think personally, and I, you know, again, our wedding was different. Um, a couple of people, like my sibling, spoke. Will's best friend spoke, mm-hmm. but like we didn't. I even told my friends, like, do not. Wrap it up. Don't yeah. feel. If you want to say something to me and will, like, write in a letter would be great. Mm, okay. Uh, I have been at weddings. Literally, was at a wedding, like, a month ago where somebody's talking and they're like, well, Sarah's talking. Like, should we get up there and say something? Like, now yeah. she's going to think we don't care about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Okay? But it's really easy to, like, feel that peer pressure. And, again, this was more common in the weddings when we were younger because you – just associate this thing of like, oh, this is my best friend from college or like one of my best friends and like now her best friend from high school is talking so like I have to go up there and say something because like even though I'm not the maid of honor, like she's going to feel like I don't love her if I don't make this toast. Mm-hmm. I have been at rehearsal dinners where like the speeches went on for three hours. Oh, it is painful. God. I-, I love y'all. I'm so glad I have friends. You don't all have to say something. And I think as we get older, now I've been part of weddings where the bride – is like I asked this person to speak and I asked my sister to speak and that's mm-hmm. it. Do not say anything. That's not your place. Yeah. The wedding I was at a month ago, all the kids behaved, all the friends, the f- parents' friends did not behave. They Ooh. all got up and felt like they needed to say something. Oh, and it's goodness. like no one cares. Like oh, goodness. the the bride even probably doesn't care. Like the, it's important to the parents, but it's not right. important to the 
the bride and groom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So <clears throat> if you are getting married and you don't like, I know that it feels at the time you're like, this is so great. Like what? Like how much love is in this room? Everyone's speaking. But then like you have to think of your guest and be like, oh my God, they're probably so bored. One of the weddings we went to, the rehearsal dinner that people spoke for like hours, they didn't serve drinks at that time, like oh. even wine. So and we were like- get, Nobody wanted to get up and we like, were, You yeah. couldn't. They stopped serving drinks. So oh, we like paid- no. We paid a guy <laughs> to go get us like vodka sodas and he legitimately just brought us soda water. It was like oh we were like had paid God. him like from our table like $100. It was awful. Um. So that was a bummer. So if you're getting married or you're in a wedding, maybe mention like, hey, why don't you decide to the bride or if you're a bride or a groom, like I'm asking my best man to talk mm-hmm. and like my cousin, because he's got like a good speech or whatever, but like no one else. It's not your responsibility. Please don't do it. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who thinks I'm a good toast maker and I'm not. All right, I used to think I was and I confirmed I'm not. Is there like a little bit of liquid courage in there too? No, so I made a toast at one of my best friend's weddings. Okay. I was there when she met her husband like in college. I lived with her. I was really close to her husband too. Oh, we're were really good friends. When we met in seventh grade in Mrs. No. Man's class. No, and I- And we sat next to each other. <laughs> Shouts to my friends, Allison and Nick. I was really close with both of them. So I made a toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a dry eye in the place. People wow. fucking loved it. <laughs> Will claims that it was not that good. Oh, but both damn. mothers of the bride, both mother of the bride and the groom like cried and hugged me afterwards. So like, it was pretty good. Nice. Here's the rub though. I made that toast. And it was like one of the first wedding toasts I made. Got a lot of confidence and it has just spiraled. Quickly downhill since then. Yeah, you came out, you hit the sophomore wall. Because this is the thing. I had a reason to make a toast. Like, Mm -hmm. I was really close with both of them. Every other person, even some of my really close friends, it's like, I'm really close with the bride, but, like, not as close with the groom. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't don't need to talk, you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Even my own sisters, and I was the maid of honor, had to speak Mm -hmm. one of the worst toasts ever. Really? And not on my fault. Oh, no. The crowd was weird, and I was like cracking jokes, and they were just falling face flat. Oh, like, no, it was so bad. <laughs> if you ask my siblings, they're all like, "It was painful." Oh no, I made a joke about Lily. Yeah, because she used to save her. She would lose her teeth and then like save them in a bag. Oh my god! And I like made a comment about that, and, like thought people were gonna laugh, and like silence. It was so Ooh, uncomfortable. Crickets. Really sad. So I have you didn't basically have Will like like courtesy laugh. No, it was bad, and like you should know how bad it was. We were in Mexico; the tequila was flowing freely, and like not a single person oh, like really gave me a, like like a pity laugh. So oh, no. I'm here to tell you that even if you think you're a good speech maker, you're not. Don't do it. Just tell the bride like your sentiments to her face. Yeah, in, I a, like that. in a different time, not in front of other people. Agreed. Um, Tips for a fun wedding reception. Well, I, I have to get uh, – this is going to be mean. The more that old people make up your wedding list, yeah, correct. the less fun your reception is yes, going to be. Yes, that's true. And that is a fact, and I am sorry for offending people. I think that's a really hard balance to strike because a lot of times your parents are paying for the wedding. Yep, and their friends are And they want to invite their and, friends, yep. but like, I don't want to talk to your friends. Sorry. Um, the seat assignment thing is weird to me 
because yeah, it's I, not your decision. And here's if you're the bride and groom making seat assignments, I personally think you keep friend groups together. Totally. Like you have the what is it called? Sweetheart table or something like you have you two in mm-hmm. my in my opinion. And then if you have a groomsman who's example, if I got married tomorrow, Klein would be a groomsman, mm-hmm. intern Klein, and Dylan, Dave, and Will would be in the in the bachelor party, but not groomsmen. Yeah. But I would sit Klein with them mm-hmm. for the wedding, the, the reception dinner. You and keep Randy. the friend groups together. So it was, yeah, it would be like, right. I have been at a wedding where they were like, oh, we got to mingle people up. Like we want like people to like I, I get, get to know each other. I get that argument a little bit. People don't want to get to know each other, okay? If <laughs> no, they want it, to, they'll get but, to know people at the bar. They want to sit with their own friends that they haven't seen in like a year that they like know from college and they want to catch up with those people, not your random friends from no, college. No, I, I, I know what you're saying, but it's fun. So if you have two or three friends at one table and two or three friends from a different group of the, and, and and you mix like two strong groups together at one table, I'm down no, for that. No, I'm False. very down for that's, that. That's, this is a key assignment, Fumble. <laughs> Randy, Randy's Randy shaking his head no, and I agree. I have been, I have been that person, and it's fucking insulting. They're like, oh, they're like, oh, we know you and Will are so fun, so we sat you with like our best friends, blah blah. And I'm like, no, you didn't, no, you didn't, because <laughs> that table over there fucks. They're awesome. That's uh-huh. all my friends. Mm-hmm. That table over there is all your friends, and then we're just the leftover people mm, you the that you were like, oh, Sally and Will are so strong. No, they're not. I want to <laughs> fucking talk to my friends. It's upsetting. Wow, you said insulting. It's insult. It literally oh, is insulting. Oh my god! And I know for a fact my my girlfriend Ray feels the same way because we have been in that situation where we're like really extroverted. So people are like, "Oh, we can stick them with whoever they will talk to a wall." I'm like, "No, I don't want to talk to your aunt Susie or your friend Colin mm. from home. Like, I want to talk to my friends that I haven't seen in months and I'm trying to catch up with." So don't if you. Are planning a wedding? Sit your friends together. Don't as much as you can. I know to talk to randoms, three strong groups and three strong groups. Nobody wants that. Brett, I had fun at my buddy Christian's wedding. I'm shout to Christian. He's the. It has to be a very specific instance where I'm like ready to like mingle with other people, and like nine times out of ten, I am not. I want to like okay, get drunk with my own friends. That's fair. So, So that leads me into my next one, is. A good cocktail hour, is, and I'm including, I'm including that in the reception. A good cocktail hour can be the most memorable part of your wedding because it's the it's the opportunity to put sort of a stamp on it. Because like, the reception is going to be the same in ninety percent of the weddings, right? It's it's music, it's solid but not great steak and chicken and salmon and mm-hmm. you know and and dinner rolls, and like it, it's just kind of all the same. But the the cocktail hour, you can you can really um, involves some personal touches, whether it's hors d'oeuvres or the setting or the that kind of thing. I think the more fun and the more bumping that is, and the more passed around the hors d'oeuvres are, and the more passed like tequila shots or something like that, the more fun you have in that little custom five thirty to seven thirty kind of couple hours. I think spending more time on that, or you know, more money on that, is worth it. Can I to make just it more fun? Send out a PSA to anybody who's engaged, please. If you are getting married in December. Mm. Hire a Santa and let your friends take pictures with Santa. Oh, <laughs> I have like this is like like 
your friends gonna get too drunk and I, sit seductively on Santa's Will and lap. I did not obviously get married in December, but that was like something that I always thought would be really funny is like if you're at a black tie wedding or something like that, and instead of having a photo booth, you're just like, fuck it, we're gonna get Santa. Mm. And you just take pictures with Santa at your wedding. That would be tight. So if you're getting married in December, you've got like a month to figure it out, hire a Santa impersonator, mm -hmm. get him there, let your friend sit on his lap, get hammered and like take pictures with him. I like it. You mentioned photo booth too. I do like having a photo booth. Photo but here's the thing though. They kind of look chewy at first and the then you're like but then they get really, they and people forget that they exist. So like Or they're you, spent all night there. Okay, but that's the thing. You have two groups. You have the group that spends all night in the photo booth and then you have the friends who never made it over there because they didn't mm. know exist and they're dancing. Guarantee you everyone's making it over to Santa. <laughs> I'm just saying. Santa's gonna be hammered by the end of the night. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just telling you, people will take pictures with him. I'm, I'm trying to think what. Else. Oh, oh, okay. Last super, super important wedding reception tip: lighting is incredibly important. And when the dancing starts, turn the lights off because Have nothing's you been worse. A where the lights are on. Yeah, well, like on too much. If you know okay. what I'm saying. Nothing is worse than a wedding reception or a dance floor. Where it feels like the old Knights of Columbus dances where they're like, keep the lights on so that kids aren't getting too close. And you're just kind of like, it, it feels like those TikToks where the music's not playing and you just hear the shoes like squeaking around on the, on the floor. You don't want to, you don't want to freak dance or get too aggressive when it feels like it's the afternoon. I'm just, I've, I've actively had moods and dances kind of like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. When it's too light, get get the, turn the lights off. Let the let every, let everybody get a little freaky with themselves. Okay. And I'm not a good dancer, so I just don't want I don't want myself to be uh, exposed like that. Right, right, got it. You know what you could wear to a wedding though, hmm. especially like a nice beach casual wedding, like I did. How about some Rothies, Sally? Oh yeah, the driving loafers. The driving loafers were my shoe of choice at a beach wedding this summer. Uh, they looked fantastic. People asked me, what are those? I told them Rothy's and they were, they were a great buddy of mine throughout the day and the dance floor, honestly. They're versatile. They're fun. It's like having a, a friend with you at all times. So you're a big fan of Rothy's, right? I am. They're very comfortable. Say goodbye to the break-in period you usually have to go through with other shoes. They're soft, flexible material, and wildly comfortable insoles make them one of the most versatile and wearable shoes right out of the box. <clears throat> and if dirty sneakers are your greatest pet peeve, rest easy. Rothy's shoes are 100% machine washable thanks to their sustainably made material. So you never have to worry about dirtying them up. They're knit with 100% recycled materials. So even the sneaker laces are made from recycled, single-use plastic. And now Rothy's just launched two brand-new sneaker styles, the RSO2, a more relaxed lace-up that's like a T-shirt for your feet, and the City Slip-On Sneaker, a refined, luxe slip-on, finally, in a men's size range. No wonder Rothy's best-selling men's shoes get a five-star review from almost every customer. Uh, they have wool ones, too, for the fall, mm -hmm. like a nice wine and pine kind of color yeah really really nice stuff i might have to get them for uh, like a thanksgiving situation yeah why not and then if you spill something on them you can just toss them in the wash toss them in the wash they're fun uh i wear them multiple times per week i have a couple different pairs now and i've bought them uh outside of being sponsored by them yeah which i think is uh, the best endorsement i can give for sure 
This season, find out why people fall hard for Rothy's to see what they did there. With new shoes, bags, and more for everybody, you can snag something for yourself or someone you love. And for a limited time, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash mail. That's $20 off at rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-A-I-L. Ready for the next one, Sally? I'm going to skip one and go to number five. Okay. Advice for moving into a new serious dating relationship after a broken off engagement? Question mark. What kind of, quote, check-ins should I be having with myself and my, quote, new Sigat? Tough situation here, Sally. Okay. Um, first of all, I think check-ins with yourself. I'm going to say it. You got go to therapy. Get a therapist. Uh, Check-in with Nancy, my... Online therapist. Yeah. It's always important to really, I think for yourself to know like where you stand with your relationship with yourself first before anything else. Sure. So absolutely it's possible to have serious relationships after other serious relationships. Mm -hmm. Obviously having had it been engaged to somebody, but then we're, you know, I'm sure there are people listening who are, getting divorced or part of a serious relationship where you were living with the person or you thought you were going to marry them. Like all of those are, even though the engagement feel like the broken off engagement makes mm-hmm. it feel like there's this like added caveat to it. Anytime you're in a serious relationship and you break up with somebody and you're with somebody new in a new serious relationship, you carry a lot of the same stuff with you. Mm-hmm. So it's important to like check in with yourself, be like, okay, first of all, like, am I, over the last relationship mm-hmm. and you don't have to be like finito over like i'm never speaking to this person again but like i don't have feelings for them anymore i've put that behind me whatever went down in the broken off engagement is like i'm in that peace with sure you know closure um and then also i think it's important to like make sure you're not i don't you know he didn't say or she didn't say what caused the broken engagement Mm -hmm. but like checking in with yourself of like maybe these things caused the demise of my last relationship like am i falling back into familiar patterns sure okay so like you know we we just got like really jealous and we were fighting all the time and that's why we broke up like am i finding that with my new partner where I'm like, Mm. he or she can't go out without me getting really upset, you know, things like that. So knowing what, that's why it's always important to like know yourself and know like, why did my last relationship end? Maybe you were cheated on, you know, maybe it's not your fault. Sure. But like, if, if you were part of the breakup, like part of the reason for the breakup, maybe you broke up with that person or y'all, it was mutual. Think about like why, what you were doing in that relationship and try not to carry it forward or learn from that lesson and then carry it forward. You know what I'm saying? I totally agree. Yeah. That sounds really vague because it's hard to tell like why did you break up? <clears throat> no, I think it, it applies in anything. It's like for whatever reason the relationship ended, you need to make sure that you're not – like if you're the common denominator in something you do and you're not finding that immediately, like uh, chances are if you were breaking off an engagement – there might have been some underlying stuff right. for a while if it's not, you know, an immediate cheating kind of situation. Or something but. that, 
you know, I mean, there's a million different things. I'm thinking like maybe there was something that was just absolutely important to you, like you wanted to have kids. Sure. And your significant yeah. other didn't. Well, if you're going to get into a serious relationship mm-hmm. with somebody and you know that that's like an absolute deal breaker for you, like don't get into a serious relationship Until, with somebody who doesn't right. want kids. Exactly. Exactly. And there's like, there's that point. There's the don't get into a serious relationship because you miss the familiarity or the comfortability, mm-hmm. like, and you're kind of just craving that because that subsides. And then all of a sudden you're back at square one after another series. You know, I think it's, it's one of those things that what kind of check-ins should you be having is, is sort of check yourself from a speed standpoint. Right. It's, it's easy to go from being engaged to like, you know, I, oh, I want now. I kind of want to. I want to skip the year and a half that it takes to to get there, or two and a half, whatever it might be, and just kind of oh, I'll jump in, and now it's comfortable, and now I'm used to this, and so uh, put a ring on it again. It's like I don't know. I think you guys, you just have to be careful about being comfortable or too comfortable, and that feeling good, and so you're just kind of back into it. Yeah, right. The point I said about therapy, and I mean. I would direct anybody to therapy, but part of it too is like if you, that's a safe place with an objective person that you can discuss your previous relationship without being judged. Mm-hmm. Say this is your question, Brett, and you're talking to me about like, I'm going to get serious with somebody, but like I broke off an engagement with what's her name and now I want to talk to you about the girl that I broke off an engagement with at length. Mm-hmm. As your friend, I'm going to be like, Ugh. A little weird that like we are still discussing this person and mm-hmm. you're about to like move in with somebody else. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes so yes, that yes, you yes. can take like that societal judgment and like place it on a professional correct. versus where a friend. you where yeah. your friends or your family or your current significant other probably like not that they don't want to hear about it, but it's like I think it's confusing for people that are your friends and family when you're like getting serious with someone new. Mm-hmm if you keep bringing up your past, you know what I'm saying? And not, you should absolutely have free reign to do that. Yeah. But we, as people are, you also have free reign to be like, that's, I'm, I'm, I don't want to know if I want to hear about it anymore. Right. You know, like, and it's just, I think that's better placed in somebody who is professionally. Who can kind of break down with you. The, the parts of the relationship that led to the demise. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. No in doubt. In an objective manner. And the move forward. Like, yeah. And the next steps. And how to like remedy that for the future. Correct. Or cope with it in the future. Totally agree. But congratulations. And and just if you're good, be good and, and uh, good luck. I don't feel like he has to like, or she, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, that you have to check in with your significant other after having broken off with an no, engagement I, I unless, think, yeah. unless you have like insane trust issues or there again if you're having issues that you were having in your previous relationship like maybe that's the time to check in with your significant other but you don't need to say stuff to your new significant other being like i know i've been engaged in the past like yeah no that, like that's not your responsibility just have your relationship right i i think it's probably beneficial to treat it like a completely new relationship completely clean slate yeah. situation and it, like if you, I'm sure you both mentioned stuff from your past, but it's more in passing or in relation to something that's said versus like, hey, we need to dig through this tonight or something yeah. like that. You know, like that's, it's just leave the past in the past and move on. Next one. Yeah. 
Hello, Brett and Sally. I am trying to surprise my girlfriend with a trip next summer and looking for ideas. I was hoping Brett could offer some details on Montana and Sally some about California. Those are my top contenders at this time, or if you have any other suggestions, we love nature, and I'd love to hit a national park. Thanks, pals. Napa Sally, Montana Brett, here we go. I don't know that we can classify me as Napa for having just gone like twice. You have a driver that you know the name of. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you go with Montana Rex first. Um, I think it depends on what your goals are. I wish I had a little more color here. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is are you trying to eat, drink, and be merry? Are you trying to get outside and hike? Are you trying to golf? Are you trying to get tan? Are you trying to be warm, cool? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the goals here? And I guess it's more important about what are her goals because it's a surprise summer trip. Right. And so that's, you know, obviously geography plays a role. Now, for Montana, gorgeous scenery, really good food. This is whitefish, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Really fun bars, like honky-tonk, western, saloon kind of style. You feel like you kind of step back in history a little bit. Um, And it's gorgeous. And it's whether you're driving it, whether you're hiking it, whether you're biking it, that is just absolutely stunning. Now, are you going to get a five-star sushi meal? No. Are you going to have a wine tour? No. Yeah. But are you going to have some really good bourbon and great local beers and wear, you know, button downs and it's going to be 57 degrees at night, even though it's the middle of July. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, pretty good cost in the summer too, versus probably a California or a Napa where a lot of people have the same idea. And, you know, if you want to feel in touch with nature, that's a great, great place to do it. And Glacier National Park is right there. Yeah. And that is as beautiful as it gets. So that's my Montana recommendations. I did it in the middle of summer. Gorgeous, would do again, want to do it in the winter next time. But it's not, you know, it's not LA. It's not San Francisco. You're not going on five-star ranches or, you know, unless you have the cash for it. But right. just a little, it's a little more low-key, I guess, than yeah. what I would assume you're about to say. Well, you can, I mean, summer trips are, uh, for like, I was going to suggest Colorado. I feel like a lot of people in Texas relocate to Colorado for the summer. Sure, yeah. Um, And any little mountain town, you know, you get the flip side of what their, like, whole ski scene is, which is, like, hiking, biking, mm-hmm. whitewater rafting, all of the, like, outdoor paragliding, et cetera, like, activities that you like fly fishing things like that so if you are really into nature anywhere in the west is going to be awesome like some mountain yeah, town very true and if you can find somewhere that's like relatively easy to get to fly into a big airport that's always nice mm-hmm. um california we've kind of been up and down the coast and i think as long i mean as long as you're not like in palm desert like <laughs> palm springs and like literally baking to a crisp most of california's like climate's pretty mild Mm -hmm. we've done san francisco and napa in the summer like memorial day and then again in august i love san francisco i think it's a really fun city 
And then I think you can drive up north like and see a lot of like really awesome nature. Mm-hmm. If that's like Will and I have done that where we've like stayed with friends in San Francisco, done the city for a few days and then like gone up north. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to L.A. this weekend. You know, if you're trying to spend time in nature, I wouldn't say that like L.A. proper is probably your vibe. Yeah, there's probably better better options. But Laguna Beach is like super, super special to Will and I. And I'm, you know, that's not national park territory, but being on the coast, mm-hmm. still able to hike, still good food, still small, cute little like beach towns. San Diego is always like a great place. I, mm-hmm. you know, California for me um, is one of those states that like, it's funny because I think that Texas and California have this like weird rivalry with each other. Oh, very much so. That like I don't think other people understand unless you're from Texas or California. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think California is like rivals with anybody. I think Texas has a rival with California. Rivalry They're, complex, yeah. They like to they just, don't just kind of every state. Uh, <laughs> and California is one of those states that I'm like, I will never live there, but I do like to visit there. Of course, lot. yeah. Um, I have, we have never done like Joshua Tree or which we're actually doing in a couple weeks. But like, oh, no way. I think that that tends to be a little bit hotter in summer, but it's probably like less likely to see people there because mm-hmm. most people go other times. Um, we've had friends who did Big Sur and loved it. Um, Big Sur is very cool. So Not a lot of phone service though, careful. You know, but it's really easy. It, I think California though has a lot of you, flexibility. You can either go somewhere and like be really, you can go to like Big Bear or find like really cool airbnbs places and like keep it cheap or you can get real bougie really quickly yeah absolutely and then that goes for a lot of places but yeah um, it's but, it's hard to like speak on california in such a vague sense and be yeah. like here's the places you should go i mean i do love going to napa we went in august which was a great time it was warm but it, like it was hot but it wasn't like horribly terrible mm-hmm. um and that's like when the grapes are starting to change sure um you know we've done laguna in august we've done i don't know i mean i've done la in the middle of the summer and it's hot but then if you go out to like santa monica or malibu it's really nice so i think you kind of have to figure out what your girlfriend like you said brett like what is your girlfriend gonna enjoy the most whether it's like seeing a national park Mm -hmm. which i think is like a cool um like I have friends who are trying to see every national park, which I think is every, really every cool. Every natty park. Yeah. Nice. Um I I don't <clears throat> think I think I'm too old and like set my ways to try to knock that off my list now. But figure out what you like, pick an airport that's close, and then decide like, do you want to go pretty bougie or you wanna go I mean that that's <clears throat> you can do that anywhere. Like Colorado, you can go stay in an Airbnb and like keep it pretty cheap, or you can get real bougie and go to Aspen and like stay real and, bougie, real quick. and like do what you want you know yep my i'll give you one um before you shower thoughts my one like aspirational like if i were to do a summer trip and it's not hot like not beach i want to go to yellowstone slash grand teton yeah because that is like the jackson holes the new uh aspen yeah like the jackson hole Yellowstone, um, Grand Teton vibe is is like Teton Village, the meadows that are out there. It's all very, it feels very, 
feels very new and sort of like untouched american west yeah yeah where but there's uh, it's not deserty it's not this it's like this beautiful landscape that i'd love to just go frolic and ride horses and stuff like that so that's yeah. my if you were to ask me that's in wyoming not uh montana but if you were to ask me like what's my, what's next to my list mm-hmm. it's it's that jackson grand teton teton village sort of that general area yeah can't wait any shower thoughts Sal? yes i have a shower thought um I was, for so long, you know how when you travel west to east, Mm -hmm. coming from the west, going east, that it's faster than going east to west? Mm -hmm. For years, like most of my life, I thought that that was because of the Earth's rotation. Really? That like because the Earth is coming this way and you're flying this way that you get there faster. Oh, I see. Okay. Not recently, it's not. but I it's because of jet streams. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> I yes. didn't learn that recently. I learned it like a couple of years ago, but I'm like, I can't believe I thought that for so long and no one corrected me. Maybe because I never verbalized it until I did, and then someone was like, it's not because of that. It's because of jet streams. Well, You're an idiot. So, okay. Well, you'll, let me well, – you're partially right because Earth's rotation causes the rotation of air and jet streams and that kind of stuff because it heats up one side of the planet – and mm-hmm. cools down the other because it goes from sun to dark and et cetera. So in a way, at the very core of your argument, you're kind no, of- No, but like the earth turning towards the it, way it, that you're going is not the, the reason no, that the flights nah, are shorter. No, it's not. It's not. You know, there was like a, a Norwegian air uh, flight, I want to say two or three years ago, that set a record from New York to- Maybe it was London Heathrow or something like that. They got there in like four hours and two minutes. Yeah. Because they hit a jet stream and there there were – so there's ground speed and there's airspeed, right? Where the airspeed is the, you relative to the air around you and the ground speed is you relative to a point on the ground. Mm-hmm. They were going faster than the speed of sound relative to the ground. Obviously, they weren't going to do that in the air because that would be a sonic boom and people wouldn't love to like sleep during that. Um but it was the, it was the fastest transatlantic flight and a commercial airliner of like all time. Yeah, just the jet stream, polar jet stream. It's what normal transatlantic flights follow. By the way, when I looked this up, you know what was like uh, weirded me out for the first time, and not like weirded me out, but I was like, oh, this is interesting. When you see on, you know, you look at a map, and you see your plane, like say you're flying New York to Tokyo, mm-hmm. and you go basically over the North Pole. Yeah. And you're like, why am I doing that? Like, shouldn't you go that way instead of that way? And because it's like the great circle thing is very different than the way our maps are projected Correct. on a just piece of paper. So yeah. Pretty cool stuff. People figured that all out. We're just like, oh, cool. I know. Um, my shower thought is I'm in the midst of uh, holiday planning now, Sally. Okay. And this is more of just like a, this is like a therapy session slash steam. Uh, given that I now don't have like a home base because mm-hmm. my parents died, there's a lot of people that are like, "Hey, what are your plans? What are your plans? What are your plans?" And I don't, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have them. Well, you said you're. Where are you going for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I want to go to Rochester, which is where my all of my extended family is. But I have people in Saratoga being like, "Hey, like, come to our, come to our Thanksgiving. Come do this. Come do that. Hey, come to this. Come to this." And I just, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, Sally. 
I think you just say thank you for the invite, but I have plans. I don't have plans though. But, well, so I, I, I don't want to say no because I don't know if I'm going to be in Rochester. I don't know if I'm going to be there. My grandma's not having the Thanksgiving because she's going to be somewhere. So it's like, I just don't, I just don't know. I got to pick one. I got to pick one and stick with it. Yeah. And then for Rochester, same, same kind of thing. But it's just, it's, I don't, or, uh, let me say, I didn't, I didn't realize this part of the whole uh, post-parents life yeah. until this year it's hidden. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, people are probably reaching out. I mean, it probably feels good for to have so many people reaching oh, out. Oh, of course. You You're just like. Holiday. Yes. You just don't want to make people feel. Bad. No one's, I don't think anybody's going to feel bad if you tell them like, this is my plan once you decide it. Fair. I just got to decide a plan. And it's okay to tell Stressful. them, like, I'm not sure yet what I'm doing, but I'll let That's you know. probably a good idea. I should just be like, not, not quite sure yet. Yeah. Got to book the old flights. That's okay. Like, I, I think people, at least, you know, they're reaching out, extending an invitation so you have something to do. But, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, like, you're not beholden to anybody till like, the day before when they're trying to, like, true. food plan. True. I'm also, like, I know it's going to be tough, so I want to... You know, I I, I want to pick the uh, the Place right. That makes it a little bit more. A little bit less uh, sad, I guess. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better term. What's so, your sister gonna do? She's gonna be in Saratoga. She has to work Wednesday, Friday. Okay. So, because she uh, manages a jewelry store in Saratoga, shouts to Silverado if you're ever in town. Yeah. Stop by. It's beautiful stuff. It's right on Broadway. It's a gorgeous store. But big shopping weekend for them. yeah. Two of their you know, best days of the year are Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. So she's going to be working. We're going to hit each other up at some point for, especially for Christmas. Cause she was like, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to be so busy. They're doing Thanksgiving at her boyfriend's house. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that guy there. So I'm just going to be like, okay, we'll, we'll get together during Christmas. Yeah. But it's like a weird, it's a weird dynamic now. Yeah. And it's just kind of, uh, Learning, learn it on the fly, I guess, is the way to put it. Well, you're welcome to come to Will and I's Duck Thanksgiving. Thank you. Duck Thanksgiving. I We're having Thanksgiving with my family on Friday. Nice. Okay. So we, Thanksgiving, actual Thanksgiving, I think we're making a little duck, and I'm going to mm. push for decorating for Christmas on Thanksgiving. Oh, I like that. Okay. Very cool. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Sally, thank you. Thank you. For hopping on the mail-in today. Uh, please subscribe. Rate five stars, review, tell a friend about it. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at mail-in podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Schmerriman on both of those platforms. Randy, thank you. Sally, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.